Welcome to M3 Minutes. I'm Haley Wolf. Today's episode explores the topic of women leaders in the workplace. This has been a hot topic for some time now, but we will take a look at some data and gain critical insight from three key women leaders on M3's executive and management teams. Our moderator will be Cassie Johnson, M3's Chief Operating Officer. She will be joined by Carolyn Hollum, EVP of Professional Service, which is M3's Outsourced Accounting Services arm, and Sujata Devrav, M3's Director of Development. Cassie, I'll hand it over to you. All right. Hi. Hello. It's good Hello, to see Cassie. you all. It's very nice to see you. So, Carolyn, I want to start with you. How has being a woman in leadership influenced your views on diversity and inclusion in the workplace? So, you know, when you look around in different organizations, M3, other companies out there, you, you really start to notice there's not a lot of diversity when you get into certain levels. Um, and so I think it's us, it's good for us as leaders to recognize that and to make sure that we're seeking out those people that have that potential to be leaders. Yeah, I, I totally agree. And Sujata, do you have anything to add to that? I agree. I think yeah. if the, there are not too many people sometimes when I look around that look like me, for instance. And I think it's um, we could all do with more diversity for sure. So you have more viewpoints for doing anything. So, yep, I agree. Yeah. Second everything she said. <laughs> yeah, that's awesome. Yeah, we um, have our partners meeting coming up in June. And our keynote speaker is Dr. Mary Key. And so we're very excited to have her and have more diversity um, at our meeting. And, and she'll bring a lot to the table. So I'm looking forward to that discussion with her, too. Okay, so McKinsey and Company released a report for 2021. And they did some research on uh, the number of women in different leadership roles. So of all VPs, sorry, of all VPs, the SVP role only had 30% represented as women. When you get into the C-suite, only 24% were represented by women. So Sujata, what do you think is contributing to these stats? Why aren't we at 50%, for example? I think it's there's a lot of perceptions and uh, misperceptions about women in leadership or their capability to be leaders. And I think that factors into why there's a higher bar for women to reach that C-suite. And if that happens, then there are fewer peers that help the next set of people reach that level also. So I think it just seems to be a chain of uh, things. So um, we definitely need more people there and make it and get rid of all these perceptions or in somehow get people to to get over it <laughs> right. if you will okay and what about you carolyn what do you think is keeping us from getting to the 50 percent mark there's obviously lots of different reasons probably as sujata mentioned a couple i also think sometimes as women are getting further into their career potentially that you know they're having children as well so sometimes you see them exiting you know, the, the workforce. Mm -hmm. um, and, and some of that has to do with, you know, they want to be stay-at-home moms, you know, and, the, and that's great and that works for them. Some of it is the pay, you know, with the time they factor in, you know, right. paying for daycare or childcare and what they're getting paid because they haven't made it to certain levels. It doesn't financially make sense for them. So, uh, you know, some of that I think is definitely exiting the workforce. Okay. Yeah, I would agree. I would agree. Okay. So then what 
what motivated you to stay through those challenges and be a leader? I think it's, it's I, I've always felt if I had ideas and I want to see it, you know, ex- done. And if as I figured that I somehow had to be in the process to make the, be in a position right. to make those decisions that will right. make those things happen. And especially, um, and, and essentially, if you don't have a structure that supports your ideas and decisions and so on, you have to take on those roles to make things happen. Right. So mm-hmm. that kind of prompt push propels you to go take those roles, I think. Right. So putting yourself in a position of putting influence. In, yeah, exactly. Okay. Uh, to make it happen, if you will. Okay. And also be kind of a role model for all the people that follow you and whom you can influence and sort of help, you know, raise the game for everyone. You're you very good at that. Too, so <laughs> thank you. you appreciate are. it. You're very good at that. <laughs> and what about you, Carolyn? What made you kind of stick with it and and stay long enough to be in in position of leadership from a young age i've always enjoyed the inner workings of how business works Mm -hmm. and so you know as you start working you realize the way to influence that is to be successful and work your way up and and really be able to influence business decisions so that's always been interesting to me and you know a goal of mine as i've you know gone through my career right well, that's fantastic, and you do a great job at it too. So, <laughs> Thank you. Yeah, so that's that's great. So, so we all know that there's power structures within organizations, right? And I'm just curious what you've learned in your career, you know, over the years. How do you handle those power structures from early on in your career to how you do that now? What has changed? We'll start with you, Sujata. I I think early on, you know, you have to learn to. Uh, uh, if you, you know, any kind of rejection you face, you just have to think of it as a learning experience so that it takes you to the next level. Otherwise, um, it should not let you let it stop you move forward, essentially, and just mm-hmm. keep moving. And then later on, when you acquire those, um, you know, leadership roles, then you have to learn how to balance, you know, a lot of things, your relationships, your priorities, your time, right. all of that, so that you can keep doing what you're doing. So... So it's a, it's a different structure. It's different when you're starting out versus when you, later in life, uh, later mm-hmm. positions. But you still, you know, both has its challenges. Do you find that you have to work just as hard today as you did early on? Um, in some ways, yes. Uh, not completely, but yes. There are some things because you have to um, address different challenges. Okay. So as I said, it's, it's more of balancing, learning how to balance things. Right. Uh, which is... You know, uh, and also, strangely, we still have perceptions and things you have to keep every day trying to address. So, yes. Right. And what about you, Carolyn? I think when you're first starting your career out, and maybe a lot of people do, so maybe it's mostly women, but you you tend to be a little quieter Mm. and not speak Mm -hmm. up as much. Um, As you get further in your career, you, you know, get more comfortable, too. You, You do realize... I have ideas, I need to speak up and right. say them, obviously at the appropriate times. Um, but I think that's one of the biggest things you learn when you're first starting out your career, when to speak up and when to, to voice those opinions. Right, right. Yeah, I have right. found that authority isn't always granted. Sometimes you just have to take it. Take it. Right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. Right. Very good answers. Okay. Okay. And kind of just thinking back along that topic I mean we've all had challenges you know growing our career and evolving and learning but is there anything that stands out as the most significant challenge you've had to overcome 
being a woman in the workplace? I think oftentimes just being able to speak up loud enough, especially if you're in a room full of people that are talking and you have to overcome that because I don't think as women we do a lot of talking over people. So that is one thing I had to learn and I still struggle with sometimes. Um, the other thing is what you said about uh, it doesn't get granted to you, you have to take it. Right. And so you have to learn how to be assertive, you know, where it's warranted. And that's also something, it's a learned skill. It's not something that comes naturally to women, I think. Right. But don't rock so. the boat too much. Right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But be assertive, not right. aggressive. Assertive right. is right. what right. I was right. talking about. Right. And, and Carolyn, anything stand out as the biggest challenge? Um, I think for me, being a mother, having kids, and mm -hmm. convincing people that you can be a mother and you can have a job and you, you can do both, and you can do both well. Mm -hmm. um, I think there's a lot of pressure put on, on young moms or any moms these days to, you should stay home with your children. You know, okay. Well, how are you going to provide for your children if you don't go to work? You know, mm -hmm. they have, There's such a tug on, on that, and there's so many people that have their opinions of what you should do. Right. Um, so I think you know, figuring out what is best for you either way, right. and then knowing that you, you can do both both jobs. Right. You right. can do it all. Right. So I think that um, I always figured I would work and have kids, mm -hmm. but you just never know until you, until you right. do it. Right. And, and how you're going to mm -hmm. do those jobs. So I think that was um, interesting to kind of go through that phase of life. Right, and what works for you doesn't necessarily work for the next person right. and so on and so forth. Yeah, absolutely. Essentially, don't let anyone define you. You define yeah. you. Right. Right. I like that. Yeah. So. Yeah, I love the question, do you not miss your daughter while you're at work? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I do. I miss her. I miss her all the time. Like, But I miss her when she's at school, too, and maybe right. I'm not at work. But, yeah. Right. Yeah. Okay. All right. Well, we all know women are amazing, right, and bring a lot to the table. So, Carolyn, what do you think are the, the key benefits of having more women leaders in an organization? Well, I think any diversity in an organization is good. You know, you get different perspectives, you have different backgrounds that you're pulling from different ideas and thought processes. So, you know, bringing more women in, you know, brings a different thought process process and perspective. Mm -hmm. um, you know, women tend to want to mentor more, want to help, you know, men and women as well, but they, right. they have that, that need to mentor and help other people. So I think that brings, you know, a different, you know, diversity into the workplace and, you know, helps, helps everyone, helps the business right. grow. Right. Yeah. Agreed. What about you, yeah, Sujata? I, I think you need balance with most decisions, right? And then, uh, you, you have you need different perspectives mm -hmm. and also women generally are consens consensus builders right they've done a lot of studies that say their style of leadership is they try to build consensus towards decisions and so on so you need that also during decision making so i think overall you know diversity is a good thing to have more views on anything so yeah i completely agree everything she said right that's true yeah i agree as well mm -hmm. So, Sujata, as you think about your day-to-day -day or even how we collaborate at M3, how can we be better allies to other women in the workplace? I think in general, um, 
you know more communication amongst um, uh, us and also amongst all the women and especially people that are not heard as much or who are kind of timid about taking some steps right. just reaching out um, kind of network socialize and and also kind of highlight things that other women have done you know a, a shout out is great you know mm -hmm. especially if you hear it from your own peers and uh, the and you know just that and also just by being who you are also it's inspiring to other other people in the right. organization right so right. that also helps so i think i would say just that okay mm -hmm. so carolyn if someone came up to you today and said you know i i really think i'm going to I'm going to give it up and I'm, you know, it's not for me. It's it's not working. What would you say to encourage them? I mean, I I would ask them why they think that what, you know, what led them to that decision and and listen to them. I think that's the first thing people want to be heard and right. want you to understand where they're coming from. Um and then hopefully take from some of my experiences and say, you know, I understand you're feeling this way. This is a time I had to go through this. Um, but I think the biggest thing is really just listening to them and why why they feel that way. And if there's anything in there that I can can help them with and overcome, right? You know, I, I would do that. Right. Yep. That's awesome. Okay. So as we think about how we want to become more diverse and inclusive. You know, what can we do to be more mindful of who is and isn't at the table? How do we, how do we teach others to do that as well? Do you want to go, Sujata? I think at any given minute, you know, you, you, any moment, you should be um, always mindful for sure. And uh, look to see, you know, especially if you look around a room and you notice someone not saying something or mm -hmm. you know, just, just call them out or call them right. into the conversation, not call them out, but call them into the conversation or uh, just highlight something they did or something. Just be inclusive uh, in settings like that. And, um, you know, do, do you find moments and opportunities as you go along to, to right. include more people in the conversation or just plain listen when they start speaking and if they say something just say hey that's great you know did everyone hear that right you know that's excellent or something right. you know just give them some encouragement to keep going and also yourself <laughs> right so you speak up <laughs> as well so. so carolyn how do how do we um i guess participate in the process of if understanding who's not at the table so sujata mm -hmm. mentioned okay if they're at the table we can bring them along but what if they're yeah. not even there then what do we do? I think as leaders, it's important for us to go seek out those that have that potential. Correct. You know, get to know them, talk to them, share stories, share our, the way we got there. Mm -hmm. How you know how it is to be a woman in the in the workplace. Um, and then again, like I said, listen to them and and what you know their successes are and what their struggles are, and see and see if we can pinpoint something that we can we can help get them there. Okay. Like sharing stories helps, Absolutely. I think, almost always mm -hmm. helps. Saying, oh, yeah, I, I went through that, too, and here's what I did, or, you, you know, <laughs> something like that. Right, right. 
Well, that's awesome. Well, thank you both for sharing your thoughts with us today. I mean, we know that it's important now more than ever to empower women in leadership and to encourage that growth in their careers. We also know the best companies do that, like M3. So I appreciate you being here with me today. I always enjoy spending as much time as possible with you two. So thank you. Thanks. Thank you, Cassie. Thank you for tuning in to this episode of In 3 Minutes. Cassie, Carolyn, and Sujata all had some great advice for women and how they can promote themselves while adding much-needed value to the workplace. They also highlighted some numerical figures that prove there is still work to be done throughout the U.S. workplace. The representation of women is in fact improving, and it's our job to keep that trend going. If you liked this episode, don't forget to subscribe. Until next time, hoteliers.